conversation around healthcare uh, off the top in this half hour. And isn't it interesting as we look at what's happening with dental health in this country, right? The federal government and in partnership, I guess, with the NDP and now taking the approach that, look, dental care is health care should be considered healthcare. In fact, oftentimes when dental issues don't get dealt with, they end up in, in what we would otherwise consider the healthcare system anyway. So the government's arguing that, that we got to address this. We got to make sure that there's dental coverage for every Canadian. But we're not talking about universal dental care. So if you've got private insurance uh, to cover your dental care, that's okay. Insurance through your employer, insurance you've got on your own, uh, that's fine. And so you can still see your dentist. It'll still be covered by private insurance. Now, for those who would be eligible for some coverage, now you can go see those same dentists. And dentists can build a public plan now as well. Uh, so we've got the first steps of this. Uh, so dental coverage uh, for seniors. Eventually, that will be for children. So it, it's going to roll out in some phases. There's also going to be co-payments to help cover the cost of treatment. So isn't it interesting that we say this is uh, how healthcare can be done, a way of ensuring that people are covered and they don't fall through the cracks. But when you think about how healthcare has typically worked in this country, I mean, all of this is basically illegal. The idea of having private insurance and co-payments, uh, governments have fought tooth and nail against having that in healthcare. So if it's okay now for dental care, why isn't it okay for other forms of health care. So the government's creating this, this uh, paradox that they sort of back themselves into. Uh, it's certainly uh, something our next guest has noticed, wrote an interesting piece about it. You can find uh, in the Ottawa Citizen or at FraserInstitute.org. Uh, Steve Gloverman, a senior, fail, uh, senior fellow and Addington Chair in Measurement at the Fraser Institute, on the line with us uh, here this morning. Stephen, good to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, so, like I say, it's it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? That that everything we so firmly rejected in health care, the government now believes is is a fair and just way of, of providing dental care. Yes, it is. It's uh, it's uh, anomalous, and that was really part of my motivation in writing that op-ed piece is to highlight uh, just how contradictory uh, the the dental care plan is, uh, given as you described all of those features which uh, under the Canada Health Act are, are, are not allowed for basic health care. So, yeah, explain how this is going to work, this federal dental plan. So it's, it's, it's a small step that's been unveiled so far. So providing coverage for seniors that'll expand to cover all seniors and then children. So what does that coverage entail? Well, it's a, given the plan as it's as it exists, it's 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 about it's going to cover about twenty five percent of the population, and of course, uh, the NDP wants to make this a, a universal plan, i.e., cover everyone, uh, and 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 that may well that may well happen. Uh, I, and I would point out that that's yet another distinction between the dental care plan and the and the Medicare plans of the provinces which are universal coverage um, and uh, the uh, the uh, the cap uh, the income cap which at this point in time distinguishes who's going to be covered who's eligible for the government plan and who isn't is is probably going to at least be raised over time and as I say uh, one can imagine that uh, at some point in the future it will be it will be a, a universal plan 
Well, yeah, I wonder if that's where it's going. Because I do wonder in the meantime, like this isn't meant to cover everybody. I don't know. Is it even meant to cover everybody who doesn't have coverage? Like it, it, it will, I guess, kind of depend on income, won't it? Well, it is income. It's income capped at the moment, uh, $80,000 as a family income. Uh, if you have private insurance, uh, presumably if you fell under the income cap, unlikely, but if you did, you could opt for the dental care plan, the, the government dental care plan. How many people would do that? Unclear. I don't know that there's a lot of people who would fall into that set. But of course, if it became a universal plan where there was no income threshold, uh, well, then one can imagine a lot of people might, uh, employers in particular, would would encourage their employees to go on the government plan and say, okay, if you allow us to drop your dental coverage, we'll give you a little more of a higher salary. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I was wondering then. I mean, if, if there is that, that backstop, then is it, isn't it an incentive for employers to stop offering that? Well, it, it is an incentive, but, but of course, they, they need to keep their employees uh, engaged and not uh, leaving the job. So it would be a quid pro quo. It would be something in return, higher salary, uh, more vacation time, what, what have you. But it is interesting. You're getting back to kind of the, the you know the point of the piece you wrote in you know the the sense that you can have um, you know public health coverage and still have uh, room for for private insurance or co-payments. In fact, there's a lot of other countries that have universal health care. They they do have co-payments, so they don't you know ban private insurance. So I mean, isn't the government kind of acknowledging that you know this this as a concept can work? Well, uh, certainly uh, it, 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 it requires some type of response on the part of the government because, uh, yes, exactly, one can say, well, well, if it's good for dental care, uh, why isn't it good for other forms of health care covered uh, under the Canada Health Act? Uh, is dental care in some sense less valuable? Is it less important? Uh, the reality is that, that the government is reluctant to uh, to uh, take on a full-fledged, universal, single-payer, no-copay program in dental area, it's going to be a lot more expensive than they're projecting it to be under the, the current uh, format. But, but yes, as you say, uh, almost every other country, uh, developed country in the world with universal health care coverage has those features. It allows private insurance in one form or another, and it and it uh, and it has co-payments with safety safety features, so that yeah. people who are low income or have chronic health conditions are not going to be unduly burdened by by co-payments. And it's interesting too, because you know we're, we're told that if we we allow more private care, um, more you know a private aspect in healthcare, we're, we're going to lose doctors, or, or doctors won't be there for the public system. I, I wonder how that argument applies here, because no one's arguing that the dentists aren't going to see these patients, or that we don't have dentists. Dentists are, are going to see all patients, those with private insurance, then, and those with some government coverage, right? Yes, and and of course you you've hit it right on the head that that the uh, if you boil down the the objections uh, to uh, having uh, private 
uh, allowing uh, medical doctors uh, to practice both in the private and public sector, they'll be bit away from the public sector into the private sector and starve the public sector of, of resources. And, and in fact, where, and as I say, in most countries, they do allow doctors to operate in both the private and the public sector. Um, in fact, if anything, it reduces the wait times in the public sector. Uh, you get more resources, and I'm talking about capital resources, MRI machines, etc. once you free at least part of the system from bureaucratic constraints that that are creating wait time shortages and shortages of, of uh, diagnostic equipment, uh, laboratory tests, etc. So yes, you're you're right that uh, where where the where the dual practice systems exist, we don't see major shortages in the public part of the system. Very interesting. Well, we'll see where this all goes. Uh, your piece is mentioned. It was in the Ottawa Citizen, but it's also up at FraserInstitute.org. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it.